Hello and welcome to the United Community Channel. My name is Jack and this is your latest Manchester United news and transfer news. And plenty to talk about, obviously on the back of a disappointing enough result last night against Spurs in the Premier League. Uh, there's plenty of news uh, circulating in the world of Manchester United and we're going to get into all of it. Uh, as always, please smash a like on the video, hit subscribe if you're new to the channel and of course, as always, get your comments into the comment section below uh, and we'll go through some of your thoughts and uh, some of your opinions and all that as well. Uh, but we've got plenty to talk about, like I said. Uh, obviously, the main talking point for anybody that's uh, watching on YouTube uh, can see the headline, Benzema to Manchester United. Is it a possibility, you know, Man United are looking for potentially a short-term uh, solution to their striker problems. Um, so we're going to talk about Benzema and the potential possibility or not of him uh, coming to Manchester United. Uh, we're also going to talk about other potential striking options. Obviously, Manchester United have been linked with uh, Garassi in Germany. So we're going to talk about maybe the, uh, you know, the financials around that, and whether United can actually get it done. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about current Manchester United players as well. Anthony Martial uh, is, is another big talking point today. There's been a lot of news surrounding uh, another former uh, Eric Ten Hag player with Ajax and a centre-back that United are potentially being linked with, not in January, but but potentially uh, in the summer. Uh, of course, Hannibal Mabry uh, confirmed his, uh, I suppose, loan deal to Sevilla, so we'll talk about that as well. Uh, and we're also then uh, going to talk about a potential swap deal uh, between Crystal Palace and Manchester United. We'd be getting a winger they'd be getting a defender. Uh, so we'll talk about that as well. And of course, finally, Sir Jim Radcliffe uh, it, it has been announcing only the last maybe hour or so, uh, he's already been doing more uh, in terms of meeting with fans and fan forums and fan, uh, I suppose, representatives with Manchester United than the Glazers have done in nearly 20 years. So we'll discuss that as well. Um, but let's jump straight into it, guys. And like I said, we're going to start with Karim Benzema. Um, and obviously, some conflicting reports over the last couple of days in relation to whether... United could potentially actually make a move for him or not. Uh, it would be a six-month loan deal. Uh, and, you know, obviously, he's not going to leave uh, Saudi Arabia when he's on, you know, pretty much a million uh, euro a week. I think even more. Um, and that's all tax-free as well. Uh, so some different reports coming out suggesting uh, whether or not he would be an actual option for Manchester United. According to the majority of the reports, Benzema will not be approached by Manchester United in the January transfer window. And to be honest, it's not coming really as a surprise. Uh, you know, we've, we've spoke about this in depth over the last few days and ever since there's been kind of, you know, just noises in the background potentially of, of Benzema, you know, would he make a move to Manchester United? Could United afford him? What way would a loan deal be structured? So on and so forth. Uh, I said it from the onset that I didn't think it was it was viable, to be honest with you. Um, the Mirror are also saying Manchester United do want to, uh, want to sign a striker on loan this month and are exploring the market with a view to bringing someone in on a short-term deal. We've seen that before, haven't we? You know, about Vegkarst and, you know, short-term loan deals in January have been... Man United's way over the last couple of years and not saying that's a good thing at all. United have not approached Karim Benzema's representatives about a move due to his age and wage estimates uh, at 86 million. 86 million pounds a season, which is just absolutely, you know, crazy, crazy, crazy money. Um, and then Fabrizio Romano did, I suppose, double down on this. He said the situation with Manchester United and Karim Benzema is not concrete or advanced. Uh, so look, I mean, 
I've been saying this from day one. I, look, I would love to get Karim Benzema on a six-month loan deal. It would be a fantastic, uh, he would be a fantastic player to get, and I still think he would have a lot to offer. It would be great to see him in the Premier League, especially in a Manchester United jersey. And I think he would be a great, um, I suppose, a great player to have in for the likes of Rasmus Hyland to to be learning off of, even if it's only for six months. But not only that, and, and this this is not just with Benzema, it's with whatever striker we end up getting, and I hope we do get one, um, is it will take some of the pressure off of Rasmus Hyland. And I think that's vital because the kid is literally leading the line at 20 years of age for, Man for Manchester United without a backup option there. We know the situation with Martial, which we'll get into in a few minutes. And we know that Marcus Rashford isn't really the type of, type of number nine that we're looking for. He's, he's basically not able to play there. So any striker coming in is going to take a lot of pressure off of uh, Rasmus Hyland, you know, where he doesn't have to play every single game. And, you know, if you could get a, a different type of striker in there, maybe with a little, uh, with maybe attribute, attributes that are not quite the same as Rasmus Hyland, I think it would also give you options that you could maybe change the team a little bit, tinker with the formation, maybe even some tactics, all of this kind of stuff as well. Um, and I think for that reason alone, uh, I think Manchester United are probably going to go with a short-term loan deal. Now, if, if, if that is the case, then... It probably, well, not probably, it definitely means we're going to have to be in the market for a striker, you know, 100% in the summer. And I think that is very important. Uh, there's a number of key areas that United need to strengthen. Uh, and it's all up along that spine. We need another centre forward. We need to strengthen the central midfield. Uh, and we also need to uh, strengthen at centre back as well. Um, so... Where I would, you know, as I would love to 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 see Karim Benzema put on a United jersey, and as anybody that's watching on YouTube, you know, you can see here, you know, with the mock up made of it, Karim Benzema in a United jersey does look good. It really does, uh, but I don't think it's viable. I really don't. And uh, you know, we mentioned it as soon as as soon as the, you know, the rumors were circulating that he could be potentially coming to Manchester United. We just laughed it off pretty much straight away. Um, George is asking, are you live on YouTube as well? We are, George. We're live over on YouTube as well, guys. Link is on the homepage. All the articles that we're talking about here, we've got them up on the screen over in YouTube. So anybody that wants to head over and check us out, uh, link is on the homepage. Go check it out. Um, but yeah, like €1 million Euro a week, or I think he's actually on more than that, uh, for Karim Benzema, if he was to come to United, we know with loan deals that, you know, you tend to pay a portion of the wages. If we were to pay 10% of his wages, we would be giving him a hundred grand a week. You know, now, you know, the chances of us, if we were even to get him on loan, to actually get him, why would Saudi Arabia pay a million a week or 900 grand a week and we pay a hundred grand just to let him go to Manchester United for six months? It wouldn't make sense, you know. So uh, I think Karim Benzema isn't going to be, uh, uh, you know, putting on a Manchester United jersey anytime soon. Um, and for that reason, uh, you know, I am a little bit disappointed. I would like to see him, you know, because I know it's a short-term loan deal. The one thing we say when it comes to... Um, you know, signing players, whether it's on loan or whether it's full-time deals or, you know, proper transfer deals, is getting them in at the right price on the good wages on a certain, you know, contract length. And if Karim Benzema was to come in for six months and we were paying 100 grand a week, I would be delighted with that because the finances are not that bad, you know. Now, if 
you know, if Saudi Arabia says you can have him for six months, but you have to pay half his wages, and all of a sudden we're paying 500 grand a week for Benzema, he automatically is the highest pay, paid player in the club. And he's probably the highest paid player in English football history. Oh, well, maybe Ronaldo got, probably got more at United. But yeah, it, it just wouldn't be feasible for Manchester United to do something like that. But let's see what you're saying in the chat here. Who have we got in? Matthew is in. Uh, Gary is there. Niall is in as well. Uh, we can't afford his wages. Charlie says uh, definitely would take him for six months. Uh, Matthew says I would love to have him but only if we only had to pay a percentage of the wages. John is there as well. Good to see you, John. Uh, Danny says Hi, Jack. Did you hear the reports that Michael Alise to United and Wan Bissaka going back to Crystal Palace? Um, we're going to get into that in a few minutes as well. Yeah, it's on the uh, it's on the agenda tonight. Clewin is in. He says, hello, my man. I'm supporting your channel from South Africa, Durban. Uh, we need a striker. Appreciate you stopping by, uh, Clewin. You're more than welcome uh, into the community again, as always, guys. Niall says, after the dust settling on yesterday's result, is anyone starting to wonder if Eric Ten Hag is the man for the job? Uh, people are, are losing faith. Um I, I still think he's the man for the job. I, you know, nothing has changed on the Eric Ten Hag front, in my opinion. Nothing has changed in the last three or four weeks, you know. And we've, we've been saying for three or four weeks now, we've been saying for longer, probably two to three months, let's judge him when he's got a full squad, you know. And he had a full squad last season, and look what he done. He got top four, he won a trophy, got to an FA Cup final. So... It looks like over the next couple of weeks, now we've got two weeks break, which is really good. Uh, Casemiro and uh, Lissandro Martinez are back. Luke Shaw was pretty much back, but he dropped out with illness or something like that yesterday. Mason Mount is going to be back soon. Harry Maguire is going to be back. Ahmad has had an illness as well, so he's going to be back. Uh, Victor Lindelof is going to be back in the next few weeks. Terrell Malassia is supposed to be back around February as well. So let's judge Eric Ten Hag over a run of games when he's got a full complement of players there. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was the long answer. Short, short answer is, um, I'm not losing faith yet. Uh, Oshin says, if reports of Eric Ten Hag falling out with Shaw are correct, I wonder how Sir Jim will react. I didn't actually see, I, I heard people talking about the reports, but I didn't actually see the reports. Um, and, yeah, if anybody has a link to them, put them up in the chat on, on YouTube and I, I'll have a look. But I heard some rumblings about, you know, supposedly there was a bit of a fallout between Shaw and uh, Ten Hag. I don't know where it's coming from. It might be absolute bullshit and it probably is absolute bullshit. So we'll we'll uh, reserve judgment on that for the time being. Uh, ben says, no money is crazy. Uh, be perfect for Highland to work with him, though. It would, absolutely. Uh, I hope he hasn't fallen out with Shaw, says George. Uh, didn't hear that, uh, says Niall. Uh, too many managers get the boot too early uh, nowadays. Just my opinion, says George. I agree with you. And Maxi says, I think a 2-2 draw versus Tottenham is a decent result. Well, look, there's a lot of ways of of, of kind of, um, you know, looking at it. You know, a lot of people saying that, you know, they were missing an awful lot of players. And while that is true, United are at home. And yeah, look, I just think we're in a bit of a funk at the moment. Uh, I think it's going to take a bit of time Obviously, once we get all of the players back, and I mentioned it in my in my talking points video today on YouTube, that uh, I think my final point was the players returning. What kind of a difference are they actually going to make returning to Manchester United? You know, given the fact that our season has been so poor and we're getting the fundamentals and the basics 
all wrong so far, you know, and not doing the thing like like the, what I mentioned on the video earlier was there was a point yesterday where uh, with a few minutes to go, the ball went out for a throw and Garnacho picked the ball up. And I think it was Bruno, it might not have been Bruno, or Rasmus Highland ran in past the the Spurs back line. And all he had to do was throw it to him. And he was in a way. But he kind of went, oh, you're offside, you know. But you can't be offside from a throw. So it's small little things like that that we're not getting right. So getting the likes of Casemiro, Martinez, Shaw, all these players back, while it will be a boost, is it going to be enough to turn our season from misery to what we're going through at the moment in terms of win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game, draw a game, win a game, lose a game, to what we done last season. Lost to City, went on a six-game unbeaten run. You know, lost to Arsenal, went on a seven-game unbeaten run. Lost to uh, Liverpool, went on another six-game unbeaten run. We need to do that again. Um, so it, it, we'll see what happens when it comes to players coming back. It will be a massive boost having the likes of, you know, Casemiro and uh, Lissandro Martinez and, and Luke Shaw all back. But I think... I don't think we're going to have a massive upturn instantly. I think it's going to be gradual. Uh, and for that reason, I think we probably will struggle to get into the top four over the remainder of the season. I think it's probably just a bit too much uh, to ask. But anyway, look, guys, let's move it on while we're talking about strikers. And going from Karim Benzema, who's completely uh, not viable for Manchester United, to a player that potentially is. Uh, and obviously, we've been speaking about this guy uh, for the past you know, couple of couple of months nearly. Uh, United looking to hijack West Ham's pursuit of 19 goal forward. Newcastle also mulling over the bid. Now, this is in relation to Stuttgart striker uh, Serho Garassi. Uh, and at the beginning of January, the Athletic claimed that Garassi was indeed on United's shortlist. However, with little room for manoeuvre around financial fair play restrictions, it remains to be seen if they could acquire a forward permanently this winter. Uh, the 27-year-old's release clause is just £15 million hence the interest from the likes of AC Milan, Newcastle and West Ham United. Uh, and the latter's pursuit is believed to be more advanced than the rest. Speculation suggests that Eric Ten Hag is keen to bring in a forward who can ease the goal-scoring burden of Rasmus Hyland, uh, who has two Premier League goals to his name after his first 16 appearances in the division. I think this guy is, is, is you know, more along the lines of what we can potentially be uh, looking at getting in in the, uh, in the January transfer window. If we cannot afford uh, a £15 million deal, I mean, it's his release clause. There's no negotiating. There's no bargaining. It's £15 million. You offer £15 million to, you know, Stuttgart, he's yours. You know what I mean? And I, that's all Manchester United have to do. You know, if the likes of West Ham are in for him, if the likes of AC Milan are in for him, and all of a sudden United came in, not trying to be, you know, cocky or brash or anything, but I think he chooses United. I really do. Uh, and for 17 million euro, 15 million pounds, I think it would be a gamble worth taking, you know. And I think a lot of the pressure would instantly, I don't think there would be much pressure on him at all because you look at the likes of uh, Terrell Malassia, for example, who came in for 15 million as well. Not an awful lot of pressure on him because of his price tag. I don't care what anybody says. We look at the likes of Anthony, for example, for 100 million euro. And if we paid 30 million euro for him, the pressure would be nowhere near as high. It just wouldn't. Uh, and uh, you would probably still have the same frustrations that, oh, Jesus, he's shite. We, we may get rid of him. But the same criticism, the same 
I suppose media spotlight wouldn't be on him because he's not a hundred million pound player. And I think where uh, Garassi comes into the equation here is is a lot to do with the price tag around him. And I think it is a really good option for United to kind of stem the flow um, of, you know, lack of options within that forward line. Uh, because we know Martial is, you know, he's probably, I'd say, if he doesn't leave in January, I would still be surprised if he plays more than three or four games for the remainder of the season. Um so we need a striker, you know. But what does that mean then in, in, in the summertime? Because we probably do need to go out and get a more experienced striker. Is he going to, is if we go and get the likes of Garassi, is he going to be the, is he going to be, is, is that going to be it? Is that going to be our strikers set in stone? You know, we've got Garassi, a 27-year-old, and then we've got Rasmus Hyland as the backup or vice versa, or they rotate between one another. I don't know. I still think we need to go out and get an established striker. You need you need a 20 to 30 goal a season striker if you want to challenge for trophies. You do. We don't have that this season and we're not challenging for anything. We had it in Marcus Rashford last year and we were in two cup finals, won one of them, and we got into the top four. It's as simple as that. Goals win you games. And if we don't have strikers that are going to be scoring games, and this is not a criticism on Rasmus Hyland because the kid is 20 years of age for the love of God, you know, and he's been expected to lead the line for Manchester United as the number one striker. It, it, it is quite unfair on him. It really is. He should be coming in, you know, with a, I don't know, a, name a striker. You know, like if, if we had a got Harry Kane in the summer, for example, he should be coming in there as, you know, a, a young kid learning his trade, not much pressure on him going, oh, look at the surroundings I'm in here. Got Rashford there. I've got Kane here. You know, Bruno Fernandes behind me. I'm going to learn so much. And then there's no pressure on him. And in two or three years' time, he's 22, 23 years of age. He's ready to take over, you know, and go, Harry Kane, you're 34, 35 now. You know, take a seat. I'm the man. Uh, but um, unfortunately, United's structure and, and the whole, you know, I suppose debacle that is Manchester United means that He's a 20-year-old kid and he's got to go in there and lead the line. And, and it's just not fair on the kid. It really isn't. Matthew, thanks for the gifts. Much appreciated. Uh, John says, we need Tony and Paulina, uh, both proven in the Premier League. Well, there has been links today uh, with United, potentially with Paulina in the summer as well. Not really substantial as of yet. We won't be talking about it in depth or anything on this one, but it is something we will keep an eye on. Ivan Tony, I think Ivan Tony is going to stay at Brentford. Um, I think given how supportive Brentford have been to Ivan Tony, over all of his uh, his uh, suspension, I think he owes them a debt. He, you know, if I was uh, if I was the Brentford manager, I'd be going to Ivan Tony. Look, keep us up this season. Just keep us up this season. Make sure we don't get relegated, and in the summer we'll let you go. Now he will probably go well, depending on how he gets on. You know, for the remainder of the season, if he continues to score goals like he did before he got suspended last season, then. He'll be a hundred million pound player, you know, and then the pressure comes on again. It really does, doesn't it? Um, let's see. Uh, what people saying? Dave says a fully fit Luke Shaw is by far the best left back there is in football. He's absolute quality. I agree. He's one of the best left backs in the world when he's fully fit and when he plays consistently. I do agree with you on that one. Um, 
Danny says uh, 15 million is nothing, especially nowadays. If we can get him in, uh, that would be great. Let's just hope we can get someone in to help Rasmus. Um, let's see. George says uh, McQuistle is our top scorer, which is shocking. Uh, DJ says Rasmus was thrown in the fire. Yeah, absolutely. Baptism of fire coming to Manchester United. In fairness to the kid, he hasn't shied away from it. That's the one thing I would say about him. Um, Niall says the most annoying part of it is we'll spend weeks being linked with players. Then someone will just come in and get them uh, from under our nose. These deals should be near a done deal before the media have it. Uh, it's hard to keep things under the cosh with Man United because they're front page and back page headlines all the time. That's the issue. John says, sounds like a no-brainer with the inflated prices and fair play rules. It's worth a punt for 15 million. Goals paper over the cracks and takes pressure off of Highland. Yeah, so look, the majority of people are in are in uh, in the same boat kind of when we're talking about Garassi and I think the majority of people will be happy to take a punt on him for 15 million, you know. Now, let's move it on, guys, to a to a striker that's already at Manchester United, and it's this fella, uh, Anthony Martial. Uh, look, we we know over the past few weeks there's been you know conflicting reports on whether he's actually going to be at United or not after the January transfer window. I think the majority of United fans want him gone. I think if we go get rid of him and get you know seven to ten million pounds for him, take it. Absolutely take it and then go and get your grassy for 15 million, you know, and it would help towards your financial fair play. But reports today are, suge are suggesting that West Ham, Fenerbahce and Inter Milan all want to sign Anthony Martial. Uh, and, and the report is suggesting that it is in this transfer window. There's a number of clubs that want to get the jump on signing Anthony Martial before he's a free agent in the summer. Now, uh, in relation to that uh, actual uh article i think we've got it here um where have we got it here yeah so unless the situation turns around anthony martial will not leave this winter man united are also unlikely to exercise the option of extending his contract uh, for another year so as we know martial potentially has uh, you know united could extend his contract by year that that further option that united put in pretty much every player's contract um Man United are not going to trigger that one-year extension. So it, it is basically down to Anthony Martial. All the balls are in his side of the court, in fairness. And, you know, like we were saying here that West Ham, Fenerbahce and Inter Milan all want to get the jump on potentially trying to sign him uh, in this transfer window. So, you know, they've got less competition when it comes to him being a free agent in the summer where anybody can sign him for free. Um, it, is, it is down to Martial. You know, uh, he is, as much as it, it boils my blood to say it, he is well within his rights to not leave in this transfer window, continue to pick up his wages and, you know, go for a free in the summer. And like we said before, um, like there are two reasons for him not leaving. And the reason, the, the two main reasons, first and foremost, is he's not going to get the money uh, that he's on. He's on about 290,000 euro a week at Manchester United. He would be lucky to get a quarter of that, I would say. Um, he's not going to get that at any other club. Uh, and secondly, if he is a free agent in the summer, he will get a massive sign-on bonus for whatever club he signs. And a lot of people are saying, nah, he won't. No club will be interested in him. There will be clubs interested in him, you know. And if he goes... <coughs> if he goes in January, 
to a West Ham or a Fenerbahce or wherever it may be, your signing on bonus is not as much because the club have had to pay a transfer fee for you. When that transfer fee is not there and you're a free agent, clubs, to entice you to sign for them, will offer you, you know, will give you a 5 million, 6 million, 7 million signing on bonus. Uh, and he can potentially get probably higher wages on top of that as well because the transfer fee doesn't need to be paid because he's a free agent. Now, uh, from the mail, they're also saying Martial looks increasingly likely to see out his contract at Manchester United as he is not convinced by options available to him in the window. Not convinced, Anthony, are you? You know, you're not convinced about options available to you. What fucking options are going to be available to you in the summer that are not available to you now? I'll tell you that. Zero. Fucking big fat zero. Um, injury record. Attitude. Consistency. It's all there, plain to see. And whatever is available available to him now is probably going to be the gist of what's going to be available to him in the summer. Now, you may have the likes of a Saudi Arabia come in in the summer, sign him for free and give him a million a week, you know, or whatever it may be. Um, but if that was the case, why would Saudi Arabia not do that in January anyway? So I don't know if he's going to go. There was I don't know if he's going to go to Saudi Arabia specifically. Like... You know, there was reports suggesting that he was potentially looking to, uh, you know, get into the French squad uh, for Euro 2024 next summer. And, you know, I mean, there's delusional and then there's Anthony Martial, you know. Uh, So, look, Anthony Martial, we'll see what happens between now and the end of the transfer window. But I I wouldn't be surprised if he's here uh, once the the transfer window shuts uh, at the end of um, at the end of. January. Uh, let's see what people are saying here. Uh, Niall says, Martial, a striker I'd never have known. Uh, bring me Benzema, says Chris. Yeah, we're just speaking about it. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Uh, let's see. Finn says, those clubs better have a serious medical team on standby. Danny says, I'm absolutely sick and tired of Anthony Martial. He should have gone five, six years ago. And the only reason why he's still here is because of player power, which is a massive problem at the club. Well, I think the, uh, while I agree with a lot of that, Danny, uh, I would say it's Manchester United's fault that he's still here. They were the ones that offered him a new deal. I think he, he got three contracts at Manchester United in his nine years. You know, Manchester United gave him the contract. As much as I hate saying it, he's well within his rights to just go, no, I'm staying. You know, I'm not fucking leaving. You know, as as the Wolf of Wall Street would say. Um, probably another player that will bleed us, says George. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Chris says, Shaw and Eric Ten Hag had a dust-up. Sell him. Chris, will you do me a favor and actually send me the link of that article? Just put it up in the chat here because I want to have a quick read of it and see where it's coming from. The, 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 uh, I suppose the, uh, the strength of the actual article itself. If you, if you've got the link to it, please, will you just put it up in the, in the chat? If not, it's okay. Um, George said, does anyone know how to stop the ads? Um, yeah, become, uh, I think it's get, uh, if, if you get YouTube premium, if you sign up to YouTube premium, there's no ads, but, uh, yeah, look, um, just skip them if they come. You, they don't, uh, you don't get them all of the time, but I do apologize. But look, it uh, it has to be done as well. Uh, moving it on then, guys. Uh, and we're going to go from one end of the pitch to another. And we're going to talk about centre-back options because it is an area that we're, you know, we're, we're going to need to have the strength. We're, we're, what? Jesus, what did I just say there? We're going to need to have the strength. We're going to have to strengthen. Uh, 
It's not going to be in this transfer window, I don't think, but it is potentially going to be in the summer. Now, we do know Eric Ten Hag loves signing former players uh, from Ajax and from the Eredivisie in general. Now, this player did play for Eric Ten Hag, but he's currently in the Bundesliga and he's with Bayern Munich. So reports are suggesting a move in the summer is not out of the question for the Ligt at Bayern Munich. Eric Ten Hag is very interested in signing him. Ten Hag remains as manager at Man United beyond the summer. It is likely that the Ligt could become a top target for Manchester United. Uh, and this is coming from Pletigol, who is, you know, uh, uh, you would put him up there with, you know, nearly a tier one reporter. Uh, he, he works for Sky in um, in Germany and he's, he's pretty on the ball when it comes to German transfers and, and you know, German players in general and the Bundesliga and so on and so forth. I mean, this guy would be a brilliant signing for Manchester United. He really would. Um, I just want to see, actually, while we're here, how um, long he has left on his contract. Uh, on July the 19th, 2022, Delic signed for Bundesliga champions on a five-year deal for a reported fee of 67 million. So he's got three years left on his deal. Um, he would be a he would be an expensive signing. He would be an ex a, an expensive signing for Manchester United. I think you would probably be talking similar to to you know what Bayern paid for him. You know, 60, 70 million. Uh, that's euros now. So I mean, if you could get Delict for fifty million to sixty million pounds, it would be a brilliant signing for Manchester United. It really would. Uh, and you know, if we look at his player profile, uh, what he's 24 years of age, he's in his prime. Uh, I want to have a quick look as well at uh, any potential injuries that he may have had. Uh, let's see, mm -mm -mm. injury history and how he's actually doing uh, at Bayern Munich with it. Uh, I'll put it up on the screen for everybody to see here. Um, inner knee ligament tear. All right, okay, that, that's first and foremost, that's not good. Um, he had the same issue in 2022. Now, it only kept him out for 10 days. Uh, and then again, he had it uh, only, only back in November. He was out for 42 days. Uh, so his injury record, I mean, yeah, I mean, a bit of a concern there. But uh, if we look at the games he's played so far this season, uh, let's have a look at this season uh, and we'll go from there. Uh, games played so far this season, he's played 12 games um, and yeah, he's been out for one, two, three, four, five, six um, and he's been on the bench for one. So yeah, he started every game bar one. I mean, it does bode well uh, for him. I think he would be a fantastic signing for Manchester United. I really do. 24 years of age, you're getting a player in his prime and I think, you know, Obviously, we would have to look into it a lot more and see, you know, if he's the type of player that, um, you know, you don't want recurring injuries and you don't want fitness issues and so on and so forth. But if you're looking at a player that, you know, we're talking, he's right-footed as well, I presume. Um, yeah, which is good. You know, you're talking about a really strong upgrade on Rafael Varane, you know, uh, you know, and you're talking about De Ligt and Martinez, as a centre-back partnership, is something that we could really get excited uh, about. We really could. Um, but look, it's a long way off. It is 
promising that you know United are getting linked with players like him, uh, and they are the type of players that we should be looking to sign uh, if we're looking to you know really start to progress and 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 improve the team under some Jim Radcliffe and the new structure and so on and so forth. Uh, but let's see what people think about it. Are you from Kilkenny? Says Sam. I am. Uh, I like the look of the young lad. Uh, we got Camboala. Uh, is it? Um, uh, is it? Sorry, rubbish with names. Yeah, Camboala. Camboala. Yeah. He. Yeah. He does look good. He looked composed. He looked comfortable. You know, any any time he's played for United so far this season. Uh, I mean, if he's the guy to step up and and take over from Varane, I'm all for it. You know, nothing better than a an academy player coming through and, and, and doing the business for you. Finn says, players and managers clash all the time. It's just bigger news at United. Spot on. Yep, spot on. Have to agree. Um, P says, uh, would he move to a non-Champions League side? Good point. Good point. And it's something that United do have to consider because, you know, the chances of us getting... Uh, top four this season are getting less and less as the games go on. Now, unless we have a brilliant second half to the season where we go on a uh, a really good couple, a couple of really good runs, you know, where you might put six wins in a row together or whatever it may be. Um, but it is something that you do have to factor in. If Eric Ten Hag is still the manager there, you do have the, you know, the plus of, you know, previous manager, previous player. Uh, and, it, you know, the, the, the relationship is already made between them. So, you know, I think was it Gary Neville that mentioned it the other day, or was it last night on uh, on Sky? I was looking back on it this morning. I think it was, or, or whoever it was that said it. Um, Man United, Man United are not a really attractive proposition at the moment in terms of the club and how it's run over the last few years with the Glazers and so on and so forth. So if you're not signing because of that, the chances of you signing are because of the manager. And he said Eric Ten Hag is not really uh, showing the kind of consistency you would want to see to attract big players to the club. Uh, and it was a very valid point, in fairness. Danny says, the Ligt would be a great signing for Man United. Let's just hope he would be willing to join us. Something to keep an eye on. Absolutely. And Reese says, uh, where are we on Tadebo? Uh, we uh, we were going to sign him. Yeah, I, it's gone a little bit quiet on Tadebo. I, I think he'd probably stay put for January. But we'll keep an eye on and bring it to you if, uh, you know, if there is any update. But, uh, I would be happy with Tadebo as well. He's another fantastic signing. Absolutely, he is. Um, anyway, guys, uh, outgoings at Manchester United. Uh, we've had a we've had an outgoing uh, in terms of Hannibal Mabry. Uh, he has agreed a loan exit, uh, and he's gone for six months to Sevilla. Uh, and there is an option to buy. Okay, now uh, let's break it down here. This this comes from Fabrice Hawkins. Um, I, I'm not sure what journalist he or what out. That he works for, but the full details of Sevilla's loan contract is a six-month uh, loan. There's a 17.2 million buy option uh, if they want to buy at the end of the loan. Uh, it's not an obligation, so they don't have to if they don't want to. And then if they do, Manchester United will have a buyback clause of 30 million. Okay, I think this is good. I think this is good uh, negotiating. I really do. I think we're starting to see already, even though Jim Radcliffe and uh, you know, all of the structure that he's going to put in place is not set in stone yet. He has to be made aware and sign off on every transfer before it's done. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of good business being done already. 17.2 million buy option. I think, you know, for, for a player like Hannibal, I would like it to be a little bit higher. I would like it to be around maybe 20, 25 million. But I think a 30 million buyback clause is quite reasonable. It really is. And, 
you know, he could go to Sevilla and absolutely tear it up. And we've got a buyback option on it. And I think um, I think it's good business. And I think if you are selling academy players, uh, you know, it, you cannot keep every single academy player. You know, it just, it's just, it, it's not feasible to, to do that. Uh, and it is always disappointing when a, an academy player, you know, doesn't really stake his claim in the first team that, I think it's vitally important that we do put these buyback options and reasonable buyback options as well. Because teams like Sevilla and, you know, whoever else it may be, you know, that are not maybe challenging for leagues in, you know, titles in in whatever league they're in, uh, they are going to be very interested in Manchester United Academy players. Because the one thing I would say over the last few years, you know, and this is under the Glazers, they've got absolutely nothing got to do with this, by the way. But the academy has continued to produce good players. It really has. You know, we look at even Camboala there now coming through. Dan Gore, Kobe Menu, Alejandro Garnacho, Hannibal, um, Pelestri, uh, Fernandez. All of these types of players are all going to go on. If it's if it's not at Manchester United, they're going to go on and have very good careers elsewhere. Uh, so we can we can use that as an asset. In terms of selling on players like Hannibal, if 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 it is going to be a you know a sell on forum of seventeen point two million, that you're putting these buyback options in place because uh, it, it it really does give you that sense of um, relief that you know we're not going to sell a player and he's going to turn out to be a world class player and we can't get him back. You know what I mean? Now, other reports today, and this is from Fabrizio Romano. He is saying that the feeling at Manchester United is that Hannibal is 99.9% returning to the club at the end of the season. And now this is good as well, you know. So it's not it's not necessarily a, like there's an option to buy there for um for Sevilla, but United don't have to accept it. So you know, I wouldn't be looking into I I wouldn't be jumping to the conclusions that Hannibal's Manchester United career is over. He's probably going to find it hard to get game time consistently at United over the coming few months. So for that reason, I think it's beneficial for him to go out on loan uh, and get game time. And I mean, like he's going to Sevilla, right? Uh, let's have a look uh, for a second. Uh, La Liga table. Sevilla are currently sitting. Uh, oh, they're fucked. They're right down. I thought they were going to be better than that. So we are actually 17th uh, in the table uh, in, in the Liga at the moment. I'm, I'm, that's a big surprise to me now, I have to say. Uh, they haven't been doing well at all. They've only won one of their last five games. They've lost four. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the chances of, uh, of Hannibal coming back to Manchester United are quite high. Uh, and I'm happy to hear that as well because, uh, you know, I, I would like nothing more for him to go out, get some experience you know, improve and come back then and we've got a bang good player coming back into it. Because we, we've mentioned it already, didn't we, that, you know, center, our centre midfield is an area that we're looking to improve on. So rather than having to go out and spend 60, 70 million on a player in the summer, you know, you might be able to get the likes of Hannibal back, you know, after a loan deal and he just, he's, he's improved massively. So let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Um, uh, is Donny, is, is VVB Who's VVB? Van de Beek? VDB, maybe? Uh, Van de Beek is gone anyway. He's gone on loan. 
Uh, P says, uh, I don't like this aspect of FFP uh, where academy players are just sold for big uh, plus uh, is a plus in the positive column on the accounts. I understand, P. I do. I totally agree with you. And I don't want players being sold for the sake of being sold. We're not selling Hannibal. You know, he's gone on loan. There is an option to buy. And, you know, United will be looking at him closely over the next few months. Seeing him, how do you get on in a relegation battle? You know, because obviously... You know, Sevilla are in 17th at the moment. So let's see how he gets on. If he goes there and doesn't really do anything, then United can go, right, you know, we can sell him if, if they want him and so on and so forth. But the option is there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Manchester United will not sell. Uh, Eric Ten Hag says specifically, you know, one of the first things he said when he was asked about, you know, the academy and youth players when, he's, when he took over at Manchester United was, Youth players will only come in and play in the first team if they are as good or better than the players that are currently there. And I like that, you know, because not only does that not only does that kind of take away the pressure to have to play academy players for the sake of it, but it also puts a little bit of pressure on the academy players themselves, you know, to kind of say, I if I want to get into this Manchester United first team, I need to be ripping it up. Uh, and it, it will, you know, hopefully over time that will increase standards within the within the uh, academy. But like I said, we've had Menu, we've had Cambuala now, we've had uh, um, Garnacho, Pelestri, Fernandez, all these types of players uh, coming through. That, uh, like I said, if don't if they don't make it at United, they'll go on to have really good careers. Danny says seventeen point two million for Hannibal is better than nothing. It's money in the bank that will go towards buying players. Let's just hope. There are more. Uh, there are more outgoings. Well, that seventeen point two million, Danny, won't be coming until the summer, if at all. It does come. Um, selling academy players is a hundred percent profit, says Niall. Yeah, which is a good point as well. Uh, Chris says I will keep looking. Uh, I can't find something uh, uh, in terms of Shaw commenting on Sancho's post. I'm just going to say straight off the bat here now that that's bullshit. Uh, because I think five or six of the United players commented on it. So I, I, I think I, I wouldn't believe that now. Now I'll have a read of it if I can find it. But um, yeah. Romano says sell on clause to Hannibal. Uh, yeah, well, uh, there's nothing mentioned of it here. Uh, it's mentioned that there's a 30 million buyback clause uh, if we want to take it. And I'm sure there will there would be. I mean, there's a sell on clause for all young players as well. Uh, you just want to make sure that you can get as much for it as you possibly can. Um, Final bit of transfer news, guys, before we go on to the, the last bit of Jim Radcliffe stuff. Uh, and that's in relation to a swap deal, potentially. Man United Hall talks over a swap deal to beat Chelsea and Liverpool to attacking transfer. Uh, and that's in relation to uh, Elise of Crystal Palace. Uh, Manchester United have reported the hell talks over a summer transfer deal of uh, Michael Elise that would see Aaron Wambasaka move to Crystal Palace as part of the deal. I would hate to see Aaron Wambasaka leave. But it is. It has been a. It has been something that I'm kind of coming to terms a little bit with. Deloitte just signed a new five-year contract last year, and I don't think Deloitte is good enough either. So the chances are, Aaron Mamasaka is probably going to be the one to leave. And if he does do that, I would like to bring in a rock-solid fullback 
with the law being the backup. You know what I mean? Like your frimpongs or whatever it may be. Uh, according to a report from ESPN, uh, who had that Chelsea and Liverpool are also interested in Olise, uh, though they suggest that the inclusion of former Palace defender Wambasaka could swing things uh, Man United's way. Uh, the Red Devils signed Wambasaka a few years ago, and it's fair to say he's not really lived up to expectations at all, Trafford. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Alicia has looked in, uh, hugely exciting uh, in his time at Selhurst Park and he'd surely be a major upgrade on Anthony at Man United. Well, you know, these reports are pretty much hitting the nail on the head straight away because we need a right winger. We need a right winger. Uh, and one that can come in and, and go, this is my fucking spot now. Uh, and I think Alicia could do that, you know. And now, look, I've been happy with Garnacho on the right-hand side. Uh, I really have. My concern there is how happy is Garnacho? long-term on that right-hand side. He does prefer the left. Is it going to be a straight shootout then between Garnacho and Rashford for that left-hand side? I would like to see a scenario where Elise, Rashford and Garnacho are three main wingers are rotated in and out. You know what I mean? You might have Elise and, and Garnacho one week. Then you'd have Garnacho and Rashford the next week. Then you'd have, you know, Garnacho and Elise the next week, whatever it may be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, uh, these are the types of players that, you know, you want to be getting linked with. And I would be disappointed to see Aaron Mambasaka go the other direction because I love old school defenders and he is an old school defender. I mean, that tackle he put in last night that he actually got a yellow card for. I think the yellow card was a disgrace. Uh, it wasn't even a free. Uh, I love that side of him, you know. Old school fullbacks are hard to come by these days in, in modern football. And he does have his limitations going forward. He does. Uh, and I don't think he is the solution to United, uh, you know, getting back to winning, you know, trophies and Premier Leagues and stuff. But I would like to have, you know, an established right back there with maybe Aaron Mambasaka as the backup. But, you know, um, we can't have our cake and eat it, can we? Uh, Paird says, uh, if Eric does get sacked, would you take Julian Nagelsmann? Probably not to be honest with you. Um, yeah, probably not. I haven't really given it any thought, to be honest with you. I just, you know, I want Eric Ten Hag to succeed, and that's kind of what I'm focusing on at the moment. Colin says, is Benzema really going to United? Uh, why uh, Why he is 40 and an old-age pensioner? Uh, let me just put this on the screen. There we go. And United will not make an approach for Benzema. Um, so yeah, answers that. Uh, I would let Aaron Mambasaka leave for Elise and we get Frimpong. Uh, Benzema to United, no chances Arsenal for life. Yeah, we, we were all in agreement on that one. Uh, Danny says Aaron Mambasaka is a player we need to keep. You can't replace players like him. He must, uh, he must, be, he must be better than Delaw. Uh, Parrot says, along as long as we don't do some BS bidding and offer far more than we should. Yeah, well, I hopefully them days are over now with Jim Radcliffe and the new structure going in and so on and so forth. Speaking of Jim Radcliffe, um, Jim Radcliffe has already done more in terms of meeting the fans and, you know, sitting down and getting, you know, putting his plans on, on the table to them than the Glazers have done in nearly 20 years. Uh, Jim Radcliffe holds his first meeting with Manchester United fan group. Um, the Manchester United supporters group must are pleased to report that members of their board held their first bilateral meeting with Sir Jim Radcliffe to discuss his plans for the future of the football club. Rash, uh, Rashford, <laughs> Radcliffe was joined at an hour long meeting by Sir David 
Brailsford, uh, Jean-Claude Blanc and other senior club officials. A number of topics were on the agenda for discussion, including bits about where the club is at and what needs to happen to restore United back to the top of English football. Um, I should be seen as uh, it should be seen as a positive that Radcliffe is willing to uh, open dialogue with fan groups uh, like Must, uh, who uh, an incredible who do an incredible job representing match-going fans. Even though Ineos are still waiting on ratification from the Premier League, it is an it is impressive that they are willing uh, to get these meetings done now rather than waiting for a deal uh, to be given the green light. Um, Most felt Radcliffe was open was as open as he could uh, be and report that his uh, main message was that everything at United needs to be ruthlessly focused on creating winning teams on the field. That is something all fans can get behind. Uh, it's also great to hear how Radcliffe's views or how Radcliffe views United as a community asset and stressed that he has not bought 25% of the club to make money. Ah, oh, the relief. I think we all knew that already, but the relief. It's, it's great to hear these positives coming out of the club and it's brilliant to see Radcliffe He's not, he's not even got his feet under the desk at Old Trafford yet. You know, he hasn't been ratified. Uh, and he's already going and doing these meetings. It's brilliant to see. It really is. And long may it continue. Um, on, the, uh, on Monday, Sir Jim Radcliffe met members of the club's fans advisory board um, and uh, to introduce himself and hear fans' perspective also. Uh, he also held a video meeting with the club's larger fan forum. Later, he met a range of local civil leaders, or sorry, civic leaders from uh, Trafford and Greater Manchester to discuss United's role in the local community and the potential redevelopment of Old Trafford. Well, that just ticks all the boxes, really, doesn't it? Um, and it's great to see that after, at, at long, long, long last, we're starting to, to get some positives coming out from the hierarchy of Manchester United. Um, and it can, only, it can only be a positive. And I think we're starting to see, you know, when Jim Radcliffe was announced as the winner of the race... Uh, people were were going mad, you know, and I didn't get too blo I didn't get too. I wanted a f the Glazers out. I wanted a full sale, um, but I wasn't disappointed that Jim Radcliffe was getting involved with Manchester United. A lot of people were calling him a snake and a rat because he was keeping the Glazers there. He's got a plan for full ownership. It, it he just can't do it all in one go. Um, and all of these things that he's doing now are positive things for Manchester United. Um, and long may they continue. Long may they continue. Uh, Colin says, uh, loan deal is a waste of time, Jack. Uh, we need to move for players now. Uh, best deals are getting done in January, Mbappe, etc. Yeah, but Man, Man United are, are not going to sign the likes of Mbappe. You know, the majority of these big players that are on free transfers are not going to be coming to United. I understand where you're coming from, Colin, but I think we need to be patient when it comes to signing players. Um, we're in a we're in the kind of a we're in a kind of a trans, and it sounds like we've been in a transition period for the last fucking eleven years, but. In terms now of Radcliffe coming in with a new owner, new board and new directors and all that kind of stuff, we're in a bit of a transition period where it's going to take a bit of time where we can get players. We need to get hungry players in under the, you know, in under the radar. You know, like Ralph Ranick said, players under first and second contracts that are trying to make a name for themselves with massive potential uh, and, and develop them into brilliant footballers. And once we get back to challenging for league titles, Champions League, stuff like that, then all you have to do is just top it up every summer. 
sign one or two top players every year like we used to do in the 90s and the 2000s. Um, but it's a different ball game now. We need to be very strategic and smart on how we sign players and where we get them from. Elise, for example, like we're talking there, swap deal with Aaron Mambasaka. Brilliant piece of business. Um if, if that's what we're going to do. So we, we've got to be quite smart. But I do agree. I would love nothing more for us to go out and be getting, you know, the top players in the world. But we also have to be a little bit realistic as well. Ronaldo says, uh, yeah, we lack striker uh, and uh, Benzema can help us. Uh, Pear says, finally, an owner who has a connection to the club uh, and the sport of football. Big transfer window ahead in the summer. Absolutely, it is. Uh, Niall says, nice to see him talking to the fans, uh, per, uh, or taking the fans' perspective on it. Uh, hope they told him uh, to not even think of Potter. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, Danny says, Sir Jim Radcliffe could be the blessing that Man United and United fans have been waiting for. Uh, United need to be rebuilt, says Ronaldo. Um, and Colin says, Glazers wanted a fall guy to rebuild a stadium that's falling down. The Glazers won't spend a pound. They're still winning. Who cares who's spending the money, Colin? As long as Man United are going in the right direction, we get back to challenging for trophies. We get, you know, the, the training ground, the stadium, all rebuilt and, and, you know, improved. Who gives a flying monkeys where that money is coming from? It's not coming from my pocket. It ain't coming from your pocket either. As long as it's being done, that's the main thing. P says, uh, I'm waiting for the moment Radcliffe wants to buy a player and the Glazers tell him to put his hands in his own pocket for it uh, and it just ends up with the two sets of owners who are at each other's throats. Well, that won't happen, P, because uh, Sir Jim Radcliffe has full control over the football side of Manchester United once the deal is ratified. Uh, so there's no concerns about that at all. Um, yeah, he, he will be in complete uh, control. He will be in complete control. Um, so yeah, happy days. Guys, I think we'll leave it there. Uh, really enjoyed that uh, that new show tonight, guys. Uh, obviously, it's been uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a dull 24 hours since that result against uh, against Spurs. But the one thing I would say is hold on, just hold on, hold on. I can feel it, I can smell it, I can I can sense positivity coming back to Manchester United. New owners, players coming back. I can smell it. It's it's just it's over the horizon. It's right there. I can sense it. Uh, we have to be patient. Be patient. Stick with it. Stay. Stick together. Don't be fucking giving out for no reason. Better days are ahead. Thanks for watching. Smash a like on the video on the way out. Hit subscribe if you're new. Uh, we'll be back again uh, tomorrow night. Uh, I think at the later, we, we've got no news shot uh, tomorrow night, but we've got our football manager uh, series coming back tomorrow. We'll be live from nine o'clock tomorrow night uh, for that as well. Uh, so yeah, if you're new, please do hit subscribe. Welcome to the channel uh, and I'll catch you tomorrow. Take it easy, guys.